Thank you for coming this morning. The pastor is out on the joyride and he was clever. He's given me lesson five, which is the most difficult one. And we've been in the series of joyride uh, through um, the book of Philippians. And those of you who were here, you'll remember that the pastor gave us background about the most difficult conditions that Paul had to, uh, that Paul was going through uh, when he was writing this book. In fact, he was chained to a God so that they could stop him from not spreading the gospel. So he was chained to this God in those awful conditions, no running water, no electricity, and you can think about what prisons would be like 2,000, what they were like 2,000 years ago. So he was writing this book about the joyride, that we can have a joyride in Christ, meaning no matter our circumstances, it should not and will not rob us of our joy. Now, the first week, the theme for the first week was God always completes what he begins. That was our theme for the first week. The second week, uh, we focused on happiness is tied to circumstances, joy is tied to God. Why? Because if our circumstances change, our happiness will change. But God never changes. So if we tie our joy to God and His plan for our life, we will have joy no matter our circumstances. Well, I hope the Astros keeps winning because some people might lose their joy. So joy is also found in the, in the third week. We said joy is found in being second. Second meaning to serve, to lay down your life, to, to, to do something for somebody which takes you out of your comfort zone. Being second to serve. Week four, which was last week, we said joy cannot exist with grumbling and moaning and groaning and arguing. Because when we moan and when we groan and when we argue, we're actually saying to God, you're not doing a great job of my life. We're actually saying to him, what, is, what you allow over my life, I'm not happy with it. So stop moaning and groaning and move, move forward in faith. Now today, this week, we're going we're to talk about that joy cannot be found by clinging to your past, to my past, to our past. If we cling to our past, we will never experience joy. We will never move or we will never have a joy right. So the theme for today is getting past your past. How do we get past our past? Because we live in a, in a world where there's a happiness illusion. We all know a happiness illusion. If I just had different circumstances, if I just had uh, a, a different life, uh, if my challenges were no, not so, 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 so difficult, if I just had another job, or if I just can get out of this relationship into a, another relationship, if I just had more money or a, the right salary, It would make me happy. And we all know it doesn't. Because there are many people out there, famous people, rich people, who have all of these things and they're not happy. Why do they commit suicide? Why do they become depressed? Because they don't have joy. Because those things never bring permanent happiness. Now if we go to Romans, before we go to Philippians, Paul wrote the following. He said, and we know, in 8 verse 28, and we know that all things together, work together for good, To those who love God, and this is what I don't always understand, to those who are called according to his purpose. So all things work together for good, all the bad things, because why? God has a purpose. God has a perfect plan for each and every one of us. It's not just like he wants to get us in the door of heaven or just merely save us. No, God's plan is beyond that. He wants to transform us. He wants us to move forward, to become Christ-like, 
to become to move towards holiness. And if you read the word of God, you will see that we know that God is all-knowing, God is almighty, God is omnipresent, and we read so many times about all these attributes, but there's one attribute that that is repeated three times in one sentence. Does anybody know what it is? Holy, holy, holy. Holy is our God. Holy, holy, holy. That's the only attribute in the word of God that's repeated more than once in the same sentence. That is what God wants us to become, to become holy like Him, to become holy. Now, we must recognize that this is a journey, and we have not fully reached our purpose. We have not fully reached our destiny and our goal, and we will get discouraged, but we have to make progress. You know, our our slogan at this church is, no perfect people allowed. Yes, it's so, no perfect people allowed, but we cannot dwell in the past and be comfortable with who we are. We have to move forward. We have to make progress. God wants to see transition in our lives. He wants us to keep growing. He wants us to keep moving forward, to keep our momentum, not to look back, to stay connected, stay connected with people, with Christians, believing God-fearing Christians that can help you, that can support you, that can encourage you. Stay connected with them. Don't lose your joy because we know the greatest single predictor of joy is the extent to which we are connected with other people in loving relationships. In my life, that gives me purpose. Sound relationships with my wife and my children, with the people that I love and that I care, that gives me joy. And I've realized that is the most important thing. And then above all, to have a relationship with my father, to be connected with my father. A loving relationship with my father. But there are obstacles to this joy. And you will, you will understand. And you will have experienced that. Those obstacles, I can't, get, I can't let go of the pain, the grief and the hurt and the suffering. Before I got married, I was in a relationship for nine, ten years. And I thought this is the love of my life. And wedding was planned and everything was... Everything was perfect, but then I discovered that she was unfaithful three times, four times, five times. Was that a good experience? Was that painful? Did it bog me down? Did it hurt me for a decade or more? Yes, it did. But for me to get through, to go through my past, I had to look to my future. I had to to forget that, to forget the anger. And sometimes the guilt, what have I done wrong that she's done that? Why did she do that? It's guilt and I felt shame. I couldn't let go of the past. It took me a long time to work through those emotions because it was I was just dragging it along, dragging it along. Maybe this is what I was dealing with. Maybe you have that in your life. Does your journey look like that? Is that your joy ride? Mine was like that often. Or maybe this one. What about this one? (laughs) Stuff. Stuff that was holding you back and it's still holding you back today? What about this one? People and people and people and people. My journey often looked like that. Now, if yours is not looking like that, praise God for that, but I know that we are all are dragging or having some loads from the past that we have to let go of. I want to ask you, what is the one item, the one thing that you need to let go of that impacts your joy? What event in the past happened that you have to ask God to bring healing, to release you, or to bring redemption so that you can have, become alive in Him and have joy in Him? And then there's all the maybe issues. Maybe you know about these maybe issues. M- maybe, and that's happened with several of us, you went through a divorce or you're going through a divorce 
or you just came through a very, very difficult mediation. Maybe it's just a normal relationship that broke off and you're still hurting. Maybe somebody has betrayed you and you still feel bitter. Back in South Africa, in my business, I had a partner. I knew him for 20 years. For five years, we were friends. He joined the business. For five years, he worked with me and for me. And the last 10 years, he became a partner. And two years before we moved to the United States, we discovered that he embezzled, by false claims, almost $50,000 over a period of four years. A partner, 20 years. You know how that feel? Somebody that you've trusted, stole from you, your family, by submitting false claims, that's something that stays in your mind and you, how can I trust more people? How can I trust another partner? Maybe it's a parent that neglected you. Maybe it's an abusive father or a mother that you come out of that relationship. Maybe your heart is broken and you're tired. Maybe you've made a bad, you've made a bad choice or a judgment call that is haunting you. Maybe you've become the victim of addiction or a bad habit. Or there's a boss or a co-worker in the business that is giving you a hard time. They say in America, the number one reason why people resign their job is because of their boss or their co-workers, not because of the salary. And maybe you've lost a job, maybe the company has closed down. Maybe you've lost a job because of what you did. Irresponsible, not diligent. Maybe there's somebody that you've loved that you've lost. We are often crippled because we never let go. I want to show you this slide. You don't know who that is, but I'm going to give you a hint. When I spoke to him this week, I, he said to me the following. The subject that I struggled with most was English. And in fact, most every other subject in high school. Let me give you another hint. Take a guess. He said the following. I've never made any honor roll. I never felt smart. I never felt that I, that like, I never felt like I am successful. In fact, I majored in communication in college and failed the exit exam. Let me give you another hint. You know who that is? Take a guess. He said, this meant I, could, I couldn't officially graduate college without taking a summer English class. And later on in life, I struggled with an addiction. Let me give you another hint. Who's that? Do you know? Our pastor, Kenny Dean, high school. High school yearbook. Now, what would have imagined if our pastor did not work through his past? What would we have missed if he didn't make peace with his past, work through his past, forget his past, move forward towards that purpose and that goal? How many lives would not have been impacted if he had stood still by his past? There are people who go through their lives, they kind of, well, I wake up and then I drag my past. I go to work, I drag my past. I pick a spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend and I drag my past into that relationship. I drag my past. Do you really want to keep repeating habits and mistakes from your past? The bad things that happened to you yesterday allow that to, de to, to depress your spirit and your attitude going forward? Or do you want to allow other people to continue poisoning your life, stopping you from moving through your past, going through your future? Allow things to torture you, thinking about how great your life would have been if those circumstances hadn't happened. 
But Romans says, he allowed those things for a purpose. The truth is, you will never have the life God wants you to have as long as you drag or hold on to your past. Let's see what Paul, what, the, what is the advice that Paul is giving us in Philippians? We're going to read Philippians 3, verses 13 to 14. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Let's pause there. Now, I don't have that magic pen of those of you who followed the series. Our pastor's got this magic pen, and he does these great drawings. I don't know about this handwriting, but at least we can read it. But he would dive into the scripture using the Greek and other commentaries to give us a better understanding and explanation. So if we pause by the word forgetting. So I went to the Greek and I looked up some other commentaries. What is the word forgetting means? Of course, it means to forget. I mean, it's, it's easy, it's simple to understand. The next one, the next meaning of it is to not to think about it. And we're talking now about the past. To not to think about it. Or not to pay any attention to it. And the last one, to neglect it. Now, you know what what means to neglect something? Paul is saying, neglect your past. Forget your past. Don't think about your past. That's his advice. Further on in this verse, it says, forgetting what lies behind. What lies behind? What is the meaning in Greek of lies behind? It means out of sight. I can't see it. Way back. Way back. In the distant past. It's way back. He says, and, the next part of that verse, and straining forward. Straining forward. That means to extend. To extend with immense effort. With all your power to stretch forward using all your available energy. Now, those of you, I'm a, as I said, when I grow up, I'll be an Astros fan, but for now, I'm a track and field fan. Now, on Friday, it was the final of the 3,000-meter steeplechase. It's the first time in athletics history that the winner and the person who came second was separated by 100 of a second. Now, in the sprints, that's common. People are so close in the sprints, but in a longer distance, for those two to be separated by 100 of a second is almost unbelievable. If you see the photo... That guy who won, he lunged himself with all his energy, with whatever he had left in him, he lunged forward, and he got the gold medal by one hundred of a second. Sometimes we miss the future because we don't lunge forward. We don't put in all our energy to win that gold medal. Now, it says, to what lies ahead? Remember, we read purpose. What lies ahead means in front of us. In the future of time, it is on its way. In the future of time, he says, what do you do? You press on. Not like pressing that way or pressing this way. Press on means actually to fight for it. Now, if you have an intruder in your house and he's got a knife and you're unarmed, you're going to fight for your life. This is what this press on means, to fight for your life. And how often do we fight for the future against our past, but we, we give in to the past. We don't fight like our life is depending on it, forgetting the past, moving on. To pursue it. That's the other word. To pursue it. Relentlessly. I must admit 
to you that I have not often pursued my future in Christ relentlessly, fighting for it with every strength, with every breath that I have, sometimes still clinging to my past, or the devil would remind me of my past and keep me from my future, hold me back from my potential in Christ. Next part of that sentence says toward, toward means forward to achieve with a goal in mind, forward to achieve, not to fail. You move forward to achieve in Christ. Because if your happiness is tied to circumstances, you probably will fail. But if it's tied to God, your joy, you will achieve. What do we achieve? The goal for the prize of the upward call. Part of that verse. What is that? That is the higher calling from above. We all have a higher calling. And we should not let our past drag us away from that higher calling from above. We cannot afford to live in the past, but just let, let me say this. There's another side of the coin. We have to revisit the past sometimes to what? To remember the mistakes we've made so that we can avoid them in the future. We have to learn from our past. If we have wronged someone, we should try to make it right. If you have failed to, to pay child support, don't say, well, the past is the past. He said, we must leave the past behind. I'm going to move on. Yes, you can move on, but you've got to fix that first. When we say don't revisit your past or move past your past or through your past, it doesn't mean that you can just close the chapter. If there was something that you did wrong to somebody else, you have to go and make restitution. If you have a problem with someone, you have to reconcile. So when we say, don't look at your past, work through your past, this is what you need to do. We cannot afford to live in the past. Why? Because it will hold you down. It will hold you back. It will become an anchor, a weight that you will never be able eventually to deal with. And you will become discouraged and you will doubt yourself, which I did so often. I doubt myself because, my, because of my past, because of a failed relationship, a failed partnership. I doubted myself. I must have done something wrong. The problem lies with me. Yes, I'm not perfect. But it's going to take some sacrifice. It's going to take some effort to deal with your past, to move forward. But take the advice that Paul has given us. It's going to take some time to accomplish. We are on this joy ride. We will not arrive overnight. We will not change overnight. But we'll have to continue. We have to accomplish. Now, some of mankind's greatest contributions have come from people who decided that no sacrifice was too large and no effort too great to accomplish what they set out to do. No matter my past, I'm going to reach my objective. Let me read this to you. He was elected U.S. president four times, even though he was paralyzed. From the waist down after suffering polio, to run for public office, he taught himself to walk a short distance using a cane while wearing iron braces and he took great care to never appear in public in a wheelchair. Now, those of you who are U.S. citizens, you should know it's FDR. I never knew that. So I learned a lesson in history this week so I can tick off that box. So when I go for my interview after my green card and they ask me that, I can tick that box because I learned that in church. So he didn't let his, his, his situation, his past, his, con his, his circumstances bog him down to reach the highest office. But how do we grow as we travel on this journey? You have to make time for God in your schedule. We always have time for everything. But do we have time for God? 
You have to read the Bible. Read the Word of God. Take time to read the Word of God. It's God's breath. It is powerful. It's your guide. It's your inspiration. It's your motivation. When I'm down, when I refer back to my past, I remind myself of my future in Christ, and then I preach to myself. I recite and repeat the Word of God. And when I drive to the office, I listen to the news. Five minutes, I switch it off. I listen to sermons all the way. Why? Because I want to expose myself to the Word of God because it inspires, it is life, it gives me courage, it motivates me. That's what I expose myself. Now, you don't have to do the same. I'm just encouraging you. Don't just go to church and listen to the Word of God once a week. Do that as often as you can. Allocate time for prayer. Take time to pray. They say the average pastor or priest or person who's standing on a stage uh, every Sunday prays less than four minutes a day. Less than four minutes a day, and they have to share with us the Word of God. What is the Word of God says? Make time to worship. Come to church. Stay connected with your fellow believers. Make serving a lifestyle. Serve your fellow man. Keep yourself busy. Don't revisit the past. Rather, serve the future. Because if you keep yourself busy, if you occupy yourself, you won't dwell in the past every now and again. And turn away from worldly pursuits and desires. We have to stay focused. Paul encourages us to stay focused. Move forward. There's a prize that you're going to win. And what is that prize? What is the image that we should have in our minds about this prize? It's the image of we standing in front of the judgment throne, in front of the Father. And he would say these words. Well done, my child. Good and faithful servant. Well done. Don't give up because it's difficult. If you fail, don't give up. Fight for it like your life depends on it. Lunge forward. Keep working on it. Keep pushing. Be faithful, but be patient. Remember, we say no perfect people allowed. Yes, we, that's our motto. But aim to become perfect in Christ. Growth takes time. I want to read to you something that uh, we had permission to read. Last week, uh, with our baptism, one of our bridges was baptized, Jonathan Binder. Can we put his slide on the screen and his family? Let me put this on. It says, I'm going to read his story. I always knew about Jesus, but had grown extremely distant from him after college. I had struggles with opioid addiction, managed to stay clean for 11 years on my own willpower, which I found out was not enough. I had a relapse a couple of years ago and managed to get a very low point in a short period of time. When I was in deep recesses of addiction, this time around, I was feeling hopeless, helpless, and alone. I somehow managed to stumble upon a cross I had received a long time ago with the inscription, Jesus loves you. On it, it was crazy because I hadn't seen that cross for over 24 years and I thought I'd lost it. After finding this, I decided to turn back to Jesus, to turn my back on my past, to move on from my past and started attending the breach. It has since changed my life. I was single back then, but now I'm married to an amazing woman I'm a stepfather to her son, and we have an adopted son as well. I never would have thought I would have gotten married with kids, considering where I was just the year prior. And she accepted me for who I was, not what I'd done in my past. My relationship with my wife has improved significantly. 
since going to the breach with her nearly every Sunday, she has forgiven me. The secret to moving through your past is to do what Paul has said, but above all is to forgive. Let us pray. Father, all of us are struggling with some form of pain, emotional, spiritual, financial struggles, something that happened in the past, maybe it is still happening. Maybe it feels like it's going to continue into our future. Empower us through your Holy Spirit. Enable us through your word. Help us to apply what Paul has said in our lives so that we can move through our past into the future, the purpose that you've created us for, to serve, to love, to have joy in abundance so that your name can be glorified. I pray for healing. I pray for change. And above all, the ability to forget and to forgive so that our future can be clear for us. It is in your son's name we pray. Amen.